Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. It almost didn't come out of my mouth, but no. but I'm still sitting here, regardless of whether <laughs> I said it or not, and I'm sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. It is luxurious indeed. Yes, and uh, Sam Zicky Rodriguez. That's me. And we are going to talk, I mean, about something. Uh, we've heard the story a million times. Everyone knows where uh, what when they hear the word Good Samaritan. Yes, everyone yeah. knows what that is, and we we even see like there's there's Good Samaritan hospitals. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize or remember. Maybe as kids, Tom, do you remember there used to be uh, like a Good Sam? Uh, there was a there was a, a, a travel like park, like where you would camp. Oh, there yeah, were campgrounds. Yeah, 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 good yeah, Sam. Yeah. It's like some dude and he had a little halo yes. around his that was named after the Good Samaritan. Go. I thought it was named after me. Yeah, it was. So <laughs> it would be called Good Ziggies. Uh, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk a little bit about this particular gospel. Uh because uh and, and lots been said about this, but um uh, I think in this day and age, in a in a kind of divisive world, we're gonna we're gonna just dive a little deeper into this uh, concept of of neighbors mm-hmm. and and who our neighbor might be. But let's read it. It's from the Gospel according to Luke, and it's uh, in the tenth chapter, starting at verse twenty five. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test him and said, "Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" Jesus said to him, "What is written in the law? How do you read it?" He said in reply, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind." And your neighbor is yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped him and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him and was moved with compassion at the sight, he approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, the one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So this is like one of those uh, gospel readings, I think, that on the outset we all look at that, uh, and it's it's what I call the, the Vegas lie. Mm-hmm. When you ask somebody like uh, how they did when they went to Las Vegas, they're like, oh, everybody oh, wins. I'm about even. No, they always say, I'm about even. They're like, they're like, I'm okay. I did okay. It's like somebody paid for all those flashing lights. Somebody's making money in Vegas, and can't everybody can't be about even. Mm-hmm. And I think when people hear this gospel, I, I I think that people say I'm about I'm okay. I'm pretty good at that. I do pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I don't love everybody, but I'm I'm pretty good. <laughs> you know, I treat people nice and whatever. And we all just kind of dismiss this gospel. Mm-hmm. But I think this gospel is a little more challenging. Oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't think we all get off the hook so easily. Um, I, let's, let's let's look a little more in depth at, at what's actually happening here because there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Certainly, we got this scholar of the law, 
Yeah. And he's 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 I love these guys because they're like you you never know if they're like just trying to trap Jesus, trip him up, you know, or if they genuinely just like a good theological discussion. Mm-hmm. And I know both kinds of people, right? And so this guy could just be a genuine guy that just wants to know more. He wants he's got an inquiring mind, you know, and so he's asking these questions, and and he has the right answer, right? To, to you know, um, when Jesus talks about uh, what's written in the law, how do you read it? Mm-hmm. Which very uh, you know, it's, even then Socrates. <laughs> You know, the Socratic method, you know, ask a question and get a question as an answer. Um, How do you read it? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor is yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And the guys and Jesus says, yeah, you got it right. Go to go to that and you'll live. Mm -hmm. But then it says, but because he wanted to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And I don't know. What do you all think that means when he says because he wanted to justify himself? Oh, so. I actually have a, a so self justification is I think actually a, a hidden uh, uh, theme that we have in a lot of these with a lot of the interlocutors with uh, Jesus and I can say I've personally God brought this to my attention as, as something I needed to work on like when I would get in an argument uh, whether it's with a family member or some sort of a loved one or somebody at work whatever it might be I would find myself wanting to justify myself my position or if i if i lost my temper if i lost my cool if i raised my voice well i it was right that i did that because uh you know and i would want to justify myself and you did that really for yourself right Right. you didn't do that because you wanted to prove somebody else wrong you know and say that you're wrong you wanted to make yourself feel a little better like right i did know this i did i did do this correctly and what god showed me and one day was that self-justification is not uh, something that we as, as Christians are at liberty to do. And that our justification comes from the Lord. We are sinners. And even if, you know, it might be that whatever we lift off, list off in trying to justify ourselves, or might, we might be correct, but it's not helpful to go down that road. It's better right. to just say, I'm a sinner. <laughs> We're all sinners. Uh, Lord, I surrender myself to your mercy and present myself to your mercy. And that just self-justification actually can be a very dangerous snare uh, by which the devil can really whisper some stuff in our ear to, to, to cause us to be more divisive than we realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I, I would tend to agree with that. I kind of could feel like um, I, I, this is not this, uh, this scholar of the law's shining moment. Right. Especially when he asked that question, and who is my neighbor? And it's like, and who is my neighbor? He's got um, some personal history there, but the, and the Jews obviously have some history there too. He's probably defending all the Jews, yeah, and himself and what he thinks about people who aren't Jews, right, right, and or or the other people or mm-hmm. people who aren't in his particular sect of Jews, yeah, right. And so, and and don't we all kind of sometimes do that? Yeah, right. who is my neighbor? Oh, the people who agree with you on religion. You yeah, know, no. Well, that's that was that might have been what he wanted to hear, but that's not what Jesus was going to tell right. him. That's exactly. that's exactly right, and that's why I think it's really challenging to us because you know you think about like well, our, we we all live in houses. Uh, uh, well, Sam, you know, his is on wheels, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, but 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 it's like uh, we, we we so we all have neighbors. We have like physical, actual neighbors, and we live in a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? it's where the word comes from, obviously. And so it's like um, and. In all honesty, the most people tend to live, their neighbors tend to be like them, right? We tend to 
live in areas of town where there are people like us uh, in many ways, whether it's uh, uh, culture, skin color, income, uh, whatever. I mean, there's things that kind of people sort of gravitate towards people like them. And so your neighbor is a lot like you a lot of times. Now, there's there's exceptions, and there's and there's neighbors you don't get along with. Certainly, the guy that's always uh, gutting tree limbs and throwing them in your yard or whatever. There's 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 kind of unruly neighbors, and there's people that move in that are like different, and all of a sudden everyone gets all you know riled up. And I and I think what Jesus is trying to help this guy see is like it, what you might think a neighbor is is not who you think that neighbor is, mm-hmm. right? And that's where I think the question we have to ask ourselves, like who actually is my neighbor? Well, I'm reminded, uh, you know, Robert Hutton is somebody here. He's a Knight of Malta uh, here in the, in the uh, Diocese of Memphis. We have to pay him a quarter. He's a lawyer. We have to pay him a quarter hour every time we mention his name, so don't mention it anymore. Fair enough. But he is a uh, he's someone who's been a, a huge supporter of the show in, in countless ways. Yes. And uh, this is, as many people know, a, a uh, an official ministry of the Order of Malta. And, and you know, Robert Hutton helped bring that about. And, and he is a scholar of the law, too, by and the way. he is a scholar of the law. That's <laughs> he's a true. lawyer. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. So I'm teasing about Robert. Well, but he gave a talk in front of young adults in Memphis. And uh, what he said was at the, at the beginning of the talk, he said, okay, guys, I want everyone to close their eyes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask everyone in Radio Land who's not driving or doing something that you shouldn't, yeah. where you shouldn't close your eyes to also close your eyes in this moment. Close your eyes and uh, think of that one person in the world. If you had to think of one person in the world, it could be a family member. It could be uh, someone who's wronged you in some way. It could be a politician. It could be a church leader, it could, whatever it is, whatever the state in your heart is, whoever comes to mind when you think of someone that you just that you can't stand, just the very mention of that person just makes you go, you know, tense up. Um, that person, that how much you love that person is how much you love God. That's powerful. That's it's also <laughs> scary. It's very challenging. It is. Well, what he says is, you know, he used that letter from John, mm-hmm. um, saying like, "How can you love the God that you can't see if you don't love the brother that you see?" Right. You know, and and so all of us have people that we struggle to love in one way or another, and you know, focusing on those that are easy to love. That's not what God's calling us to. Which is why I think he responded in the way that Jesus responded in the way that he did. Because the Samaritans and the Jews, maybe people in the Radio Land don't know this. I mean, it was a it was, the the it was sort of a mutual excommunication of each other. That's right. right. Yeah, they were, like, they were not buddies. They didn't go to each other's houses. Right. They didn't they didn't fraternize. They didn't talk. They they were they they didn't like each other. And it wasn't the Jews just being mean to the Samaritans. It was it was mutual. Right. Uh, and and so um, for him to bring up for Jesus to bring up. Uh, a Samaritan, first of all, that's going to cause people to say, Err, you know, cause them to tense up instantly in their hearts, you know, back in ancient Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, guess what? For that, for a Samaritan, they likewise, if they see a Jew who's who's lying in the road, mm-hmm. um, they're going to tense up and be like, Err, right, as well. Now, to the credit of the priest and the Levite, they had concern about the uh, being ritualistically unclean. If you touch somebody in that state, you could potentially be ritualistically unclean, and that's especially problematic if your job is to serve right. in the temple, right? And so that goes unstated, but 
you know, what God is trying to say, I mean, he all the time, and he has countless instances in the gospel where he's challenging the, the notion of we shouldn't perform a miracle on the Sabbath and you shouldn't do, you know, this or that because right. it might be, do this or that good because it can make you ritualistically unclean. You know, Jesus is going to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. th- he's going to do that good. Disp- you know, that good trumps the ritual, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. But going back to the uh, the Samaritan at the end of the day, he chose somebody who, within the context of the story, would be the most likely to reject the young man on the ground mm-hmm. um, and not have mercy, and he had mercy. And he chose an example that the listeners, those who were in ancient Israel listening to that story, the ancient Jews, they would have listened to that, and they would have said, oh my gosh, a Samaritan? You're pointing to a Samaritan? So it's right. a, he's really bringing us into that space of challenging, basically, your neighbor is the person that you love the least and, and have the hardest time loving. And that's a, that's a great point. And at the end of the day, uh, notice in this story, he doesn't say that, uh, you know, when, when Jesus asked that the scholar of the law, you know, well, who was the neighbor to the the, the man, uh, you know, who, who had been beaten by robbers? And the, the answer was not, uh, well, the Samaritans, of course, all the Samaritans. Samaritans are, they're the ones that are good. It's like, that's not what Jesus is even saying. And, and the, the, the scholar of the law saw what was going on, and he answered correctly, and that was the one who showed mercy. Yeah. And, and it, it, this is interesting. I, this is something I just, as you were talking, I was thinking, like, what if Jesus was telling this parable to a group of Samaritans? He probably wouldn't have said a Samaritan. He probably would have said, like, you know, one Samaritan passed and, and went right by him. Another one passed him, mm-hmm. went right by him. But this Levite, or this priest came along, or this Jew came along and felt it took pity on him. Mm-hmm. And it would have been the same story, but they would have reversed the roles. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about your uh, your religious or uh, your, your cultural or your national background. Right. It's about whether or not you show mercy. That's how you become... That that that's the one who shows mercy is the true neighbor, mm-hmm. and this is pretty applicable to our current state. You brought up the divisiveness of our time, yeah. And I mean, we're talking about divisiveness. Well, of course, in the family, that's the the, the devil's on the attack, and in, in our family lives, and, and of course, in our work lives, it goes without saying. But easy examples: politics and religion. Those are the topics you're not allowed to bring up at the table. Oh, yeah. You know, like man, an even easier example is the driving down the. The freeway, or just any road, yeah. somebody oh, cuts yeah. you off. That's the guy you want to choke. <laughs> Think true. about it. Yeah, you're right. Think about it. You're yeah. right. It, 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 it's it's a divided world. Yeah, it's a very divided world. And, and at the end of the day, uh, it's important for us to understand another thing that I, I, I love about this particular gospel reading. But also, uh, when uh, there's another, this is the same version uh, or a different version of the conversation of like, Lord, which is the greatest commandment? Mm-hmm. Right and and it's like well it's the, the it, it, and Jesus gives them two for one right remember right. he says love the Lord with all your heart soul mind body, and love your neighbors yourself right. right those two all the scholars of the law whatever that's 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 everything and so this is the same thing mm-hmm. uh, that's going on here so it's like love the Lord with all your heart right you have to love God and your neighbor as yourself right. so and this is important and you'd brought it up earlier with from a, a, from a quote. But it's like you can't love God if you don't love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And you can't love your neighbor if you don't love God. They are mutually inclusive. You, you've got to have both of them, mm-hmm. right? And, the, in, and they can't be separated. And that's an important thing for all of us to remember in terms of like uh, you, we can go around and talk about, um, you know, helping the poor people and doing the things that we, that we might do. But really, are we? I mean, to what degree do we actually love our neighbor? 
if we don't love those, as you pointed out with Robert Hutton saying, you know, if we don't love the people that we think we despise the most, if we're not willing to show mercy to the people that we that are that we think hate us, and you know, maybe we just don't understand each other, right? The the reality is, uh, it's and because it's gotten crazy. I'm, I'm, we're going to do a little a um, uh, little. Uh, little test here. So I want everybody, wherever you are, listening. So if you are a Republican, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Go ahead. All right. All right. Now, if you're a Democrat, raise your hand. All right. You ready? All right. There's a lot of hands. Okay, good. All right. So now, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, the world will tell you, and political parties and political advertisements will tell you, don't ever vote for that other guy. You have to vote for the guy that's in your party. And and so this 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 gospel challenges us to the core to reject not necessarily all of the ideals or the 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 thoughts that go behind political parties and what they stand for, but to reject the idea that I cannot vote for that person because they are this, right? The answer is who shows mercy, who 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 is who is saying the right things, who's believing and doing, who do I think is going to be the right person for the job, right? Yeah. Who, who's, got the, who's got the most likelihood, and sometimes it may even be lesser of evils, right? Who's less likely to do most damage? And mm-hmm. that's a sad state we're in, but the reality is it, it, we, we cannot like divide ourselves with artificial division. We have to start looking at, at people's hearts and their, their, their souls and to, to, to actually d- uh, determine things based on that. And that's why when that scholar of the law says, well, the one, that sh- the, the one who's the neighbor is the one that shows mercy. Mm-hmm. One thing that comes to mind, you know, you had mentioned the need to love. You can't love God without loving your neighbor. Right. And, you know, I was thinking about the, the specific quote that was quoted by the scholar of the law. You know, it talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think that there's an interesting... Uh, point that it sometimes gets hidden in terms of like what an authentic love of self looks like right because sometimes we can by the way get kind of confused about well how am i supposed to love myself when the self part of me the selfishness part of me is the thing that brings about all this sin you know what i mean so how do i love myself when i i can be a huge jerk sometimes right and i think like first of all (laughs) let's make a distinction between like self-esteem and soul esteem right so soul esteem we have an eternal soul that is made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. That is is called to be a light that to share God's light, you know, through that that vessel, that soul, right? And it's been blessed with uh, virtues and, and or with the capacity for virtue uh, and 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 gifting uh, that God's grace can activate and uh, actualize in the world, you know, through your cooperation with his grace and with his will. Uh, these are reasons to, to and, and, and also your soul is created to last for eternal life and is, is created in the highest sense to be to enjoy eternal communion with God, right? So these are reasons why we should have soul esteem. Well, guess what? All those things that we just listed off, that that's common to every single human being, every yeah. human person. And so, uh, first of all, we have to let ourselves be enough in him, right? Because I, I think that that's, first of all, we, actually, I'm going to first say, we have to let God be enough. God is our provision. You know, we we're, the world wants to confuse us about all the stuff that we don't have, that we think we need, and say, if only I had this, if only I had that. First of all, let's be grounded in, God needs to be enough. If God's not enough, 
nothing will be enough. We never need enough of what we don't need. He gives us his very self, especially here in the Catholic Church, in the Eucharist. He gives us his very self. So first of all, the Lord is our provision. And then let us receive ourselves in him, right? If we're not enough, if we ourselves are not enough in him, we'll never be enough. Well, once we're able to do that, then we're able to also receive others in him. Because I think a lot of times when we have these divisions where we look down upon people, and especially in these hot-button issues where it can be easy to kind of puff our chests up in matters of like religion and politics and say, well, at least I know I'm better than this guy because I vote this way or I think this way about religion right. and theology and stuff like that. A lot of times if we just sit and breathe and let ourselves be loved and then recognize that God desires to love every human person, in that way and he's calling all of us sinners that we are into a perfect love communion with him right that it seems to me is the path to really loving god with all our soul and all our strength and to love our neighbor as ourself because we can't do love our neighbor authentically if we don't just love god but also love ourselves in god well that's again like the our father you know forgive us our trespasses as we are forgiven those who trespass against us i mean yeah. we, we in the same way we need to look at others and rather than looking at others with disdain and essentially judging them you know we need to look at ourselves and realize well god loves us even though we have a tremendous number of faults you know and so and 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 we should revel in that i mean that's beautiful to know but that's what we have to then take that and look at others, especially those we disagree with. Yeah. Right? We disagree with people on so many different issues. Do you think, Sam, I, you know, when you were just talking, I was actually thinking about how people view other people and how sometimes I view other people. It's really easy to judge. Yeah. Right? It's really easy to judge other folks. And and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I think I've thought to myself that, like, well, it's okay for me to be angry with that person, cause, and really, they did it. They did it to themselves mm-hmm. by taking that point of view, by believing that uh, wrong teaching, or uh, you know, the fact that they're 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 you know pro-abortion, or they're you know, there's all these things that that can divide us. And and I'll say like, well, because you've chosen those things, you have chosen not to be loved by me. In other mm. words, I put it on them, yeah. versus uh, me having mercy. Mm-hmm. Like sharing God's mercy with you. How, no, I think how often do we right. put people in categories like that? No, I think we box people. You're right. Exactly. We define people. We box them in uh, based on how we define them, and then we judge them in accordance with those definitions, and, and in a way that can make us feel a little bit safe. Uh, because we can say we well, justify ourselves. We can, we're I mean, justifying ourselves. We're yeah. justifying ourselves, saying like, "Well, it's okay if I don't like that person because they don't want me to like them." Yeah, because they have chosen. That, that horrible path. Not me. I didn't choose that. Well, and, and the fact is... And I'm willing to accept them if they would just come to my way and they would they would come and bow down and kneel before me and say I was right <laughs> in the first place. Well, and sometimes there is a balance that has to be said where, like, Jesus doesn't say you have to like everybody. He says you have to love everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so if having some self-honesty, being like, man, it's really hard being around this or that person, or gosh, I look at this, what this person, this convicted criminal has done, and it just breaks my heart that someone could use their life in that way to hurt others. Um, There are different different things where you you, you might say, well, I don't know if I'll ever really be able to enjoy this person's company. Well, that doesn't mean that you can't will their good. That doesn't mean that you can't pray for them and hope that, you know, in the hereafter, it'll be completely different uh, for them and for you. Yeah, and now I won't allow that to become a cop-out, though. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because uh, I, I agree with you 100%. And so we start there. That's where we start with people that we really don't like. 
right? And and you say it's okay. God didn't ask us to like everybody. Sometimes I I, I think that might be a convenient excuse for me. Oh, that's true. Not to like people. So so then I start to think like, then what what does my prayer need to be? Well, okay, Lord, give me the capacity to love that person regardless, right? And then secondly, Lord, give me the capacity to like them. Give me the capacity to spend time with them, to understand them. Um, and just I, I just, I don't see that happening, God, but you know what? You are the worker of miracles. And, and I'm just saying, if we start thinking like that, I really do think things might change. Well, Therese of Lisieux has a quote that had a huge impact on me, which she says, I now know that true charity consists in bearing our neighbor's defects, not being surprised by any weakness, but edified by their smallest virtue. So imagine if we tro- chose to live in that way, and we chose to love in that way. And I'll give just a quick thumbnail sketch of a story from her autobiography, The Story of a Soul. She was assigned to work with the grouchiest, grumpiest nun that was there, and no one wanted to work with her. It was a, a nun who was old and needed assistance. And St. Therese, it was a challenge for her, but she was like, I'm going to love this woman. I'm going to smile at her. I'm going to do my best. And it was a challenge every day to do exactly that. But what she didn't realize is this nun didn't know that St. Therese, was, it was a challenge for her to smile at her and to be joyful. And that nun turned to her one day and said, what is it you love about me? <laughs> <laughs> and it's been with this huge smile because she knew she was grumpy and grouchy and she knew that all the nuns were tired of her. But she saw joy, the joy and love and smiles of Therese and she needed to be received in that way and she received that. And so it impacted her. It made her feel lovable even though Therese was struggling to love her in that way. Wow. What did you love about me? See, the supernatural <laughs> love of God is transformative. Yes. We, we have to we come back to the sacraments, come back to God's divine life uh, and, and the grace that, that he offers us freely that's poured out upon us. It's transformative if, if we accept it in that way. And I've, that little uh, St. Therese story, I mean, it's like it's true with us. That's what we, Thomas, I think about you. you know, fact, so we're not going to answer that question. No. Just saying. No, we love you. We love you, Sam. We've always loved you. And uh, and honestly, uh, this this story, uh, this this parable, uh, is we've heard it so many times. I think sometimes that we don't. It just kind of rolls off our backs. But we really need to ask ourselves. You know, each person needs to ask themselves, "Who is my neighbor?" And I'm, I'm and I challenge you. Don't pick somebody who lives like next door or right near you that you hang out with all the time. They're easy to love. Continue to love them, and that's awesome. But honestly, we need to seek out and offer mercy to people that we wouldn't normally be uh, hanging out with. And that and that and that's that's what that's that's who your true neighbor is, including those who might not be merciful towards you. Amen. That's hard to do. Yeah, it is very hard to do. But you know what? Uh, honestly, it's something that we can do with the help of the Blessed Mother, because our Mama is always looking out for us, and uh, and she helps us to experience uh, her Son in such a profoundly beautiful way. And so let's ask for her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee 
at a time. 